0: If you feel that life is just giving you more than you can handle, please realize that you are not alone. Welcome to Abba Daddy House Girls Speak Out with your hosts, the founders of Abba Daddy House, Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We're here to listen and provide help for you and others. At last, you have a place to speak out and be heard. Now, here are your hosts, Annette and Myrna.
1: Welcome back to Daddy House Girls Speak Out. Thanks for joining us again. If this is your first time listening, then welcome. I'm Myrna Thatcher, and sitting here with me is my friend and coworker Annette Smith. Hello. And your chair is sitting right here beside us, just waiting for you. So, once more, let's just scooch you on in and get started.
2: Last week, we talked about four altars who were created in my mind to help me cope with all the abuse and torment I experienced in my family of origin. One was the gatekeeper, which was Big Ben. Johnny was the angry one. Mimi, the one who didn't like to be touched. And Pain the small child who carried a lot of the pain and abuse. The, uh, the alters are no longer a part
1: of my life. So, Annette, okay, so they were so active, and we talked about that last week, that they carried a lot of the pain, a lot of the memories. So how can they move from being so active and to being inactive or passive? How did that process happen? Well, first I had to accept
2: the fact that I had alters, as okay. we told in the stories last week.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I had to accept the, the abuse. They had to accept the, the abuse. We had to... Finally,
1: be ready to give up. Okay, so wait a minute. The pain and the abuse. So one of the things that, and this is out of our book, turning a curse into a blessing, which you can get on Amazon or RoseDog.com. But um, and the one thing that you said last week is that you had one memory. That's all you had of the abuse. Yeah. So how did you end up trying? How did you end up getting other memories?
2: Well, I had one memory that I had really known, really okay. knew, but. I knew there was more to it because of all the things that was in my life, you know, the fears and all
1: that mm-hmm. stuff. And I had body memories. Okay, yeah. That's important. I'm glad you mentioned that because our body when, will hold memories. It, it, it's amazing how that happens because it will hold memories in different parts of our body, not just in our mind, but physical memories we will hold. And we can get triggered by the most strangest thing and that's because mm-hmm. that's where that body memory is held. Like if somebody comes up behind you and puts their arms around you and and you have been um, trapped, like up against a wall or something, your body remembers that memory. And that will trigger you. Yeah, kind so, of like a husband mm-hmm. that puts his arms around you. Mm-hmm. And
2: that's supposed to be natural and right. normal. And then you feel fear. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so the body remembered that memory. So that's a good uh, point. Go ahead. Yeah. Um,
2: so we... We accept the trauma. We accept the fact that we've been abused. We accept the fact that we have altars. Okay. And, you know, it takes a lot to accept that. And as we told in last week's story that you had to cancord me. Right. So I got toward the point where I accepted all of that. So did the altars. And so then, you know, God takes me into a, a, what God calls it his throne room. I called it the living room because it had a recliner in it. Okay.
1: Let me. That's in our book. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Yeah. And this, okay. And so what we need you guys to understand that this is going on within Annette's mind. Okay. That's how powerful God created the mind. He created it, and He can and helped us survive certain situations. So in Annette's mind, there was a throne room. And this comes out of the book, um, and that's where Jesus sits on His throne. In her mind, the throne is actually a recliner. Annette, why is it a recliner? Well, my dad, I, I wished
2: for years and years that my dad would have held
1: me. And
2: he'd hold my baby sister, and I, I craved for that. Okay. And I never got it. And so I wanted it. So that's so in my memories. I mean, in my dreams, my memories, and the healing process, God held me in that recliner. Okay. It was awesome. Because he was your Abba Daddy. Yeah, okay. I
1: couldn't say Jesus Christ. Right. So God gave me the word Abba. Daddy. Okay, so this was this particular room was the foyer to the room of doors, and we'll talk about the room of doors. Before Annette enters a memory, she goes to Jesus in the throne room. More often than not, Annette sits on Jesus' lap before entering the room of doors. She feels Jesus' peace, love, and security. He often reminds her to, to take these feelings with her as she chooses a door and enters a memory.
2: Yeah, I wasn't. Let's make a deal. <laughs> have Door number so what, one, door number two, <laughs> or door number three. There was door number one, two, and three, but they didn't have no good prizes behind
1: them. <laughs> so let's make a deal. Was it not exactly what you wanted, huh? Right. Okay. So you would go into and sit on Jesus' lap, get the comfort, and then you would enter the room of doors. Yeah, and it would be my my memories that
2: I didn't know behind those doors, and. Then God would take me through them, and then he would hold me in the recliner and comfort me through the pain. And then he would explain to me why why Arnold did what he did to me and how it was horrible, and he would pay the price for it, mm-hmm. and what he did save me from. Because okay. I would ask him, why did he let me go through that? If God loves me so much, why would he let me go through something like that? And why did he just watch And then he explained to me he didn't just watch. Jesus didn't just watch. What did he do? He cried for me. And he also caused things to intervene that stopped Arnold. Okay. Because God doesn't just watch someone torture you. But he also explained that he couldn't just stop Arnold. Because if he took away everybody's free will, if he took away everybody's free will, then it would be like he would have to end everybody's life because we all have free will and we all sin. So if he took one person's free will away, he'd have to take everyone's free will away.
1: That makes sense. And for those of you that are just listening for the first time, we want to explain to you that Arnold is her brother, 12 years older than her, and he is her perpetrator. He is the one that um, sadly abused her to a tremendous extreme and um, allowed others to also abuse her. So you would go into the room of doors, you would pick a door, you would walk into the memory, you would experience that memory. Right. And then Jesus would what in that, at the end of the memory? Well, well, he'd hold me in that recliner, and then
2: he would tell me that that. You know the the memory's over with the the pain and the hurt he took, and I didn't have to hurt from it no more. And you know the the experience is over with, and he'll take all that pain away. And with it goes with him. He put it in a brown paper sack, and in those sacks he would hang on their neck. And if they didn't ever ask God to come into their heart, whoever abused me. Or ask for forgiveness, then they would pay the price with that. That would be go to hell with them.
1: Mm-hmm. And that part is so biblical because they they are accountable. They are held accountable for the sins that they committed against you, right. which ultimately they committed against God because you're you're a creation of God. And God used to, I would feel His tears fall on my face mm.
2: when He would cry during my memories, and those tears were awesome. I could feel. The warmth of him.
1: So the altars so went through comforting. the. The altars went through the memories. You, you, was strong enough mentally to go through the memories and accept and those memories, get healing. And the altars are the altars still. And no active? God. God okay. took them. God took them to a meadow, I
2: guess. what mm-hmm. you you should tell that one. Okay. because I don't know anything well, about
1: that. And there is a lot that uh, I know about Annette that she doesn't know. I don't blackmail her. No, <laughs> I don't tell her because I made a promise to not. Okay, but once the job of of carrying the pain and the trauma was over for um for the for the alters because their job was done. That's what their job was to carry the pain and the altar and the and the trauma. God kind of offered them a retirement plan that they could not refuse, and. When you, when you get into the book, you'll understand what we're talking about. But he offered them a peaceful, he was, in, took them to a peaceful meadow, meadow, excuse me, and asked if they wanted the eternal peace. So Big Ben, Johnny, Mimi, and Payne chose peace. And in Annette's mind, that means they went passive. They're no longer active in the mind. And, and at that point, Annette's mind, instead of shattered, it became whole. And Annette, I think you have some, a letter that, about your healing. So again, all of the pieces of her mind became whole at that time. God glued everything back together with his magic glue.
2: Yeah, I wrote a letter to God, and I wrote a letter to my mom, dad, and Arnold, which is Bill in the book, but I wrote, I had to come before you to say thanks for all you have done for me. I love you. This new healing and life you gave me is so wonderful. I never dreamed I could feel so good about my life and trust you the way I do. Also, thank you for my new adoptive dad and mom. Father, the healing I have received is far greater than any healing I have ever experienced. It is so complete. I feel so great that each morning I wake up. It is a new beginning with you. And the driver's seat. I never wanted to talk and never want to walk without Jesus again. I put all my trust in him and pray that he will, his will and my will are one. Father, I know you said you would never leave me or forsake me, and I thank you for that. I will always love you and give my heart to you. In Jesus' name I pray. And I meant that, and I still mean that. To mom, dad, and Arnold. I know you all could not even understand what you put me through. And I understand now why you did what you did. But that does not excuse the pain and the hurt I experienced as a child. I am writing this final letter to inform you God is healing me and undoing all the wrong you have placed in my life. I also must let you know I forgive you. I have learned that life can hold good things. God loves me without a price because he paid the price for me. Mom and Dad, I just hope you found healing and love through God before you died. Bill, which is Arnold, I hope you find healing and love through God before you die. Without God in your life, there is no reason or meaning in life. God can and will forgive you. All you need to do is accept him as your Lord and ask him for forgiveness. In my heart, I know I will never be able to trust you because I need to experience more healing. However, God will mend the broken bridges between us if each one of us let him. Then someday in heaven we can be a family again. I still love you, though. It is a lot different now and not a dysfunctional type of love. To each of you, I say goodbye to our earthly relationships. I hope you find the love God, the love in God, and forgiveness that He alone can
1: give, Annette. Okay, so basic, and and her brother Arnold has since deceased, and we did try to reach out to Arnold, um, and Arnold denied everything, and that's okay, you know, that's okay, and forgiveness isn't for um, Arnold. Forgiveness is for Annette, and she. And she did that, she forgave him, and that, but that didn 't mean she had a, had to have an earthly relationship with him. okay She did not have that with him because he could not be trusted again, and that was okay you know we 're getting ready to go into break, and so we want to talk to you about what 's coming up after break we're to, We have a guest today, and um, she suffered such horrific trauma that her mind created personalities to hold the physical and emotional pain at listen to me years old her life began as a thief a prostitute a beating post and a caretaker of her little sister so when we come back from break we're going to start talking to our guest and she's going to tell her story so we really want you to listen to that because she has a powerful story to tell we will talk with you after break
0: become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america look for annette and myrna's book turning the curse into a blessing a testimony of god's healing power the book elucidates the journey of how annette smith gained healing from living as a child and other people the book is available through amazon.com in both paperback and kindle formats Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith we provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap we also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next donations for expanding our business are always appreciated remember Philippians 4 verse 3 yes and I ask you my true companion help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse 7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette.
1: Welcome back. And like we promised, we have a guest today joining us. Her name is Nicole We're only going to use first names and we're um, we're not going to use her, her mother's name. Um, what we call what Nikhail refers to as her biological mother is a bio breeder and I think once you hear her story you're going to understand what that means it's not at all disrespectful it's a way of um, coping just, yeah a way of coping a way with dealing what this, what her mother did to her um, Nikhail, I'm not sure if I said this um, she's 19 years old and as we said before we went to break at 4 years old um, she became a thief a prostitute a beating post for her stepfather, and a caretaker of her little sister. And tragically, it was her bio breeder, her mother, that made these choices for her. And um, so, Nicole what is the number one message you want to present to our listeners today?
3: Well, that DID exists. It's okay. real.
1: Okay, stop one minute. For those of you that have not was this is your first time, when we talk about DID, it's um, dissociative identity disorder. It is a DSM5 um, disorder, which means in mental health, that means like what we were talking about with the net, is that there is such trauma that the mind splits off to hold that trauma and that pain. So there is, as you mentioned, as we mentioned at four years old, she became all of those things. So I think you kind of see the picture of the trauma. And so she has multiple personalities. Okay, go ahead.
3: Well, it's it, real. Okay. It's not scary. Okay. And I'm real and I'm not scary. Yeah, you're right. You're not scary. I'm a sweetheart once you get to know me. Mm-hmm. You are. And for me, what, how DID became was round four, a lot of things that should not have happened to a four-year-old happened. Okay. You know, we were living on the streets Lived in a car. We lived in the woods. You know, could barely scrape. Barely ate anything. Okay, and when you say we,
1: who do, who is we?
3: My little sister.
1: Okay, how much younger is she than you? She is three years younger than me. All right. So you were four at that point, and she would have been one. Mhm. Wow.
3: Yes. Where was bio breeder in that? She was probably off doing drug deals.
1: Oh. Okay.
2: How did you get involved in drugs?
3: Mm. Well, when I was younger, I was about six, five or six, when they started giving them to me to make me compliant. Who was they? My abusers and my mother. Okay. The bio-breeder. Mm-hmm.
1: So these abusers, did did, did your bio-breeder bring them into your life? I mean, is that how they entered your life? Yes. Okay, and she allowed all of this? She allowed all of it. Okay. Were, were these drugs also given to your little sister?
3: No. Just you? Just me. A lot of times, my biobreeder, she would take Christina, my sister, mm-hmm. out of the house completely. She'd take her wherever she'd go. Okay. And she would leave me at that place
1: All right. with
3: messed up people.
1: Okay. People under the influence of
3: substances? Nine out to ten, they wouldn't be. Really? Very wow. few. Very few of them were. So
1: they were sober when they did these things to you? Yes. They were just sick. They knew exactly what
3: they were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: Tell us about how long of a period of time would your mom leave you alone in the house?
3: Sometimes it'd be for days, sometimes it'd be for weeks. On end. By yourself. How old? The first time was when I was four. Um, We just moved into California. And we were staying with one of her friends. In birth and seats, of course. Mm -hmm.
2: Male or female?
3: Male. And he was probably in his 40s forties and that was the first time she left me at someone's someone's place. And I was left there for two weeks alone. And you know when when you're stuck in a place you really don't want to be and you know what's gonna happen. You just have that feeling in your gut that's it's not safe. It's not okay.
1: And you're four years old.
3: And you're four years old. Wow. And all you want is your mom. That's all you want. And that's the time I realized when my first initial... Uh, at first, it was my imaginary friend. I did not realize that it was not external. Okay. It was internal.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: It became a voice in my mind that would talk to me. And what would the voice say? It's okay, shh, it's okay. It would try to calm me down and comfort me, and it it was nice,
1: and so it it, it did comfort you then
3: and comforted okay.
2: me, so you finally found somebody that could do the thing you wanted, yes, and you felt like that was one part that really loved you
3: mm-hmm. But I, I had wished it would have been external,
2: mm-hmm. real human,
3: real human, not just a voice in my mind. Because you can't have touch with that one. Yep, you can't hug it. You can't be held mm-hmm. by it. You can't.
2: So, did you ever finally learn to disassociate?
3: Yes. Um. Recently, my counselors and I found out that. My youngest altar is 18 months old. She is the initial youngest of my altars. Okay. And her name is Rosie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, wow.
1: So you know at least the traumas began at 18 months old. Yes. And that is so familiar because that's what Annette's trauma began at 18 months old. Hmm. Yep,
2: and I never even knew it.
1: Yeah. And now you now you know it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, you also said that you moved around a lot.
3: Yes, we did. Moved around a lot. Why? Well, I have a sneaky suspicion, and the only thing that makes sense to me... Okay. ...was... I was being sold as a child.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And... We'd move around from place to place all the time. I couldn't really get to know anybody. I didn't have any friends. Um, My education was really, really poor. Reader would say she'd be homeschooling us, but in reality, she wasn't even around half the time. Right. And um, when I was about five, my youngest sibling was born, so... I had to take care of him too, on top of, you know, Christina. And that's when stealing became a really big part of my life at that point in time because we couldn't afford food. You know, I wasn't seeing anything for what my mother was. Okay, so you had to, you were five
1: and you had to take care of your sister who would have been, what, two then? And Mm -hmm. then your newborn. Newborn baby brother. Mm-hmm. So you went to the store and you stole?
3: Yes. To eat. Because mom was non existent? Pretty much, yes. Okay. Did you ever get caught? Yes, I did. What happened? Well, the first time I got caught, luckily he was a nice gentleman. I was stealing band aids near Warren and butterfly band aids. What for? My little sister decided to jump on the bed, okay. and she ended up hitting her head. Ouch. Yes. I know, right? And there's blood everywhere. So I'm like, oh, goodness, no, we had nothing there to stop the bleeding, or, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, you're you're five, and you don't know what to do. So the best thing I know is you fix the boo-boo. You can't just kiss it better when... Right, when it's bleeding. When it's bleeding. <laughs> so... Um, I grab the band-aids, grab the newborn, and I start to walk out, and he comes, the owner, he comes out of the aisle, and he's like, hey, stop there. No stealing. Not allowed here. You need to pay for that. And he's like, no, where's your mom? Parents. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, she's not around. It's just me and my two younger siblings, and one of my siblings is injured. <laughs> I don't have any money for this. So he's like, okay. Well, here's the deal. I buy this for you if you come back and you sweep the floors for me after the store closes. And I was like, "Okay, I can do that. Thank you, thank you, thank you." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Just don't steal again. Just let me know if you need anything." And after that, it's about two weeks after that that we end up moving to New Mexico. So this happened in
1: where California. Yes. Okay, so then you moved to Mexico. Mhm. Yeah. You actually had someone that would help you, and then your mom, did your mom ever know about the guy? Nope. No. Why didn't you ever tell her? We were on a need-to-know basis. Oh, okay. All right. So what, what we're going to do is when we come back, because we're getting ready to go to break, when we come back, we're going to have Nicole continue to tell some of her story as far as what she saw as a mother's love. Um, what kept her from speaking out or what happened when CPS was called and um, kind of the rest of her story. And, and, and just let her share some more of her story. I think you'll be interested in that and we will um, share this with you after
0: break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit Abadaddyhouse.org. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today.
3: (laughs) Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
0: You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Abba Daddy House 7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette.
1: So, Nikel, it sounds like that you were more of a mother than your mother, your bio breeder
3: was a mother. hmm How did that instinct come to you? Well, when you have no other choice, it just kind of comes to you. When you have no other choice, when... forcefully put in that position okay but you didn't have to you could have walked off i could have but i couldn't live my, i couldn't leave my siblings okay so you had far more
1: maternal love yes okay and that's awesome because you mm-hmm. could have done exactly what your mother did what your bio breeder did and that was to walk off so
3: was, but i wasn't it kind of scary for you to stay in there it was very scary but at least i knew that kind of scary at least I knew it.
2: And you knew you would protect your sisters that way and your siblings. Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of hard to make that kind of a choice.
3: Well, and the one thing that they had going for them was they were considered the golden children. Mm-hmm. Oh, what does that mean? Best ones. hmm They were the sweet little angels. They could do no wrong. They were they were never hurt they were never beat like i was they no one to make advances towards towards them and they both had the same father okay and he was always around too most of the time when donna would drop me off whoops bio breeder <laughs> <laughs> that's okay uh, would drop me off they we're never around for that. The only time that they would be around for my abuse was when we were at the place we were all living at. So
1: they never really experienced the abuse. That no, they never. They were gone. Yes. So the golden question that everyone always asks is what kept you from speaking out?
3: I was afraid I'd get hurt worse or that I wouldn't be able to get up. Or that I'd, that I'd be hurt so bad I'd stop breathing. Okay. And no one no one would be there to help the siblings. Okay. Keep them fed, and keep them clean. You know.
1: So out of a threat for your own life and a, a threat towards your siblings, you oh you never you didn't speak up. No. What about the times did, did CPS ever get called in on you guys? Yes, a few times. Okay, so CPS is Child Protective Services, which is um, a state that a state um, department that comes in because someone reported some abuse or made some report or suspicion of child abuse, and so they come in the home and do an investigation. How did that work out?
3: Well, my mother usually got a heads up from the school or from someone. And she would have me clean the house spotless. Oh, okay. Like nothing ever happened. I'd wear long sleeve shirts. Never the CPS person was around, and I wasn't allowed to say anything, barely anything, unless I was directly asked a question by that person. And okay. I now I have to lie, okay. of course. Okay. Right.
1: Because you you would be threatened. You would. Yes, you. You that's the it, whole it, thing. It
3: would, it would be a lot more trouble than it's worth. Mm-hmm. Okay. At that time, right? And, you know, when I'm when you're young like that, you think, "Oh no, I, I can't, I can't, I can't." Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's hard as a child not being able to say no. You know, and even if you do, it's not going to mean anything. Right. Exactly. Because you're just a child; you don't know anything.
1: Yeah, and your mom was pretty good at hiding everything.
3: Yes. And making everybody believe that you were a liar. Mm Mhm. She would always tell anybody and everybody that you can't believe her. She's just lying. Oh, you know how kids are, their imaginations. Mm Mhm. Okay.
2: Well, we got something special to do here on the show. We thought we would call one of our alters out and let them talk, too. I mean, this is an altar, but we're going to call another one out so the show can talk to See someone else talk. So, Zane, would you like to come out and talk? Mm-hmm. What do you have to say about your experiences with the bio-breeder and things that's happened to you?
3: Well, I personally don't like her. How come? Oh, well, she's mean. She's rude. She is very abusive. She's hurt the system so bad. How? Well, she's starved them. She's had them sexually assaulted. She's beat them. She has scarred them forever. Like, what kind of mother would do that? I don't know if a mother would do that. A mom wouldn't. You see, the mom title I have learned is earned, it's not freely given unless it actually means something, me personally so what
1: does a mother mom, the, what's the definition of mom
3: someone who loves you cares for you helps you out when you need help actually says hey are you okay and means it and wants to hear the honest feeling that you have that will hold you when you're crying that will let you crawl in their bed when you have nightmares
1: mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to stop right here because you guys can't see this I, I'm hoping you picked up the change of voice and the change of talk, but there's also been a change in the body language um, that we can see. And I just want to explain that because when Zane first came out, the arms went back up against, the, uh, like a guy would do, up on the back of the chair, and um, just a whole different body language. So just kind and of and demeanor, and demeanor. So we just kind of give you that little eyes view that you can't you can't see. Okay, so well, go on. I'm
3: not a chick. I'm a guy. You're right. I'm just in a chick's body. <laughs> You're right. <laughs>
1: and that happens that's common and and when when he
2: started talking I mean when the was out it was her she's talking uh, bio breeder hurt me he's saying the system
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
3: them oh yeah well because we're all a big family you know that's the only family we had for a long time was the system exactly we didn't have an outside family because they didn't matter
1: yeah you just had each other
3: we just had each other inside you know, our voices. Mm-hmm. And we all sound different when mm-hmm. we all talk together in the head. We all sound different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, my internal voice is so much deeper than my external voice. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird. Okay. So what was, what, what was, what
1: brought you to life? What trauma? You don't No details. Just, what was, what was a, tra- what age did you come to life?
3: That was, the, the body mm-hmm. was about six or seven inch okay and we had thought you know we we had tried previous times you know maybe if I was a guy, okay, a guy wouldn't hurt me right? Not necessarily true because the body's still a girl, right so did
2: you did you hold the anger did you hold
3: no her? I don't hold the anger. Um, My buddy Cole does He okay. holds all the anger I mean, he what, is a mad alter What part do you have? I tend to try to I'm kind of like the protector of The younger ones so
2: You're the gatekeeper
3: In a sense, yes
2: You kind of hold back everything So nobody get hurt
3: mm-hmm. Yeah
2: is that why you get this tough exterior about you? Well, because I am tough. Yeah. <laughs>
1: if you guys could see it, you're right. Are you, are you, the, one,
2: are you the one that was here yesterday and, and we was making the rap songs?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm Yes, they were rapping yesterday. Yeah. As we were talking about the show. Talking about clean liver and
2: fried Having,
3: brain? Oh, yeah. Well, the fried brain is... Um, another alter that is now um, passive. Okay, shall we say? Mhm. Right. She is. She was an addict. Mhm. Um. She was made to take the drugs to feel the effects of the drugs. Mm-hmm. We at that time we didn't know that. Um, drugs could create an addict. We didn't know about that stuff because, right. back then, all we saw was people are having fun. Right. It's gonna make it okay if you know. Mm-hmm. So when she was twelve, she decided to. Start taking drugs on her own, not by them given to her, forcefully given to her. So she took the drugs, and she just kept taking them. You know, first start out with you know marijuana, and then it moved on to meth and heroin. Wow. And heroin was first, and then meth. So she became reliant, like she needed it to operate, to be okay, Mm -hmm. to not feel anything.
1: But that was also encouraged by one of your perpetrators to keep you guys under control,
3: and the bio breeder. Yep, I mean that's what she taught. Mm-hmm. The system is if you want to feel better because you can't talk about it, right? You don't let anyone know, so it's just just hidden.
1: Mhm.
3: You know you have to keep it hidden. Everything has to be okay on the outside
1: to people. So, so the your your siblings they didn't they didn't get into addictions. No, just. Just you
3: guys, okay. Just the
1: system. Just the system, yep, okay. So, Zane, if you were to talk, what what, what message would you give other people who have multiple personalities, who have DID? What is, from one alter to another alter, what would you tell them?
3: You know, it's okay that you're an alter. You don't don't have to worry about whether you're a host or an alter or an AC. You don't have to worry about that Mm -hmm. because, you know, when that point in time comes where an altar like Kay wanted peace mm-hmm. then the whole system will, will be okay with it you'll still be there mm-hmm. you may not be able to hear their voice mm-hmm. but they'll still be there okay. it is okay if you want peace All right, and you don't have to be scared of it Okay, you don't because it's, it's nice to know that you're not alone and you'll never be alone it's nice
1: okay so so you think that there would be a t- Time where you would feel comfortable enough that you would choose peace? Yeah. Okay.
3: Once I know that the host or the co-host mm-hmm. can, will be able to protect the body and protect the younger alters, then, then it will be okay for me to... Okay. And that's kind of what passive. happened with Annette.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once they knew that everything was going to be okay, they could, they could then choose peace.
3: Okay. Well... So, you, you think maybe it's getting close? It could be. It could be why I'm more uh, pronounced than some of the other ones.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, she, <coughs> things are getting more relaxed with her mm-hmm. now than what was before.
3: We, yes, especially since we're no longer living with the bio breeder, right. or in that culture. We're no longer in that lifestyle. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're a lot. The so, system is a lot happier.
1: Happier, safer. A lot safer. Okay, and that's you know that's what we're going to talk about um, when we come back from break, unless another author wants to pop in a little bit. But we're going to talk about her amazing journey and where she is today, because we um, we don't want to just leave you with the the fractured mind and um but we want to give you hope we want them to know that there's hope and if anybody wants to call in Mm -hmm. they can call in talk with one of the alters right or ask questions yeah just because we're here again to give a voice and that's what our job is that's what we want for this platform is to give a voice and we have given um zane a voice today because it's very important so we'll see you on the other end uh, other side of the break
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a testimony of God's healing power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite host it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated Remember Philippians 4 verse 3 Yes, and I ask you, my true companion Help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org Your
3: world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email. AbadaddyHouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. Hang up.
1: Hi, we're back. And we. Okay. We're back. And we are talking with. Are we still with Zane? <clears throat> nope. Okay. Richard, whoever called in, call us back. Yeah. We had a call in, but they got hung up. So, what we're going to talk about right now is the amazing journey that Nikkel is on. We don't want to leave you hanging in in the um in the chaos. So go ahead and talk to us about where you're at now.
3: Well, I am previously happy. Okay. I'm abuse free, abuse free life. Okay. And we are three years clean. Three years. All right. Yes. No more bad drugs. No more icky body. Okay. It's nice. Hmm. And you're learning about yourself. Oh yes, I mean there's so many variables to myself and the system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So,
1: well, we're we're going to take Richard a phone call from Richard. Hi, Richard. Are you there? Yes. Hello. Hi, Richard. You do you have a, a question or a comment? Pretty good.
3: Yeah. Do you have a question
1: um, or a comment?
3: Um. Yeah. I was just. Uh, I know that my power of the deduction,
0: I, I would say that, um, Nikhil and I guess her system must know Annette. I was wondering if Nikhil, like part of her healing process was the same with Annette, just through God. And,
3: and, and if so, you know, the, how, how did that play in,
0: into, into helping her life?
3: Okay. Annette?
2: Well, she only knows
1: me through counseling. But there's also um, there's also an element that when that through God and the connection there, that we we do introduce people to God because that's one way of um, helping the system find the peace because the peace has to come from Him from Jesus not from within ourselves, and that's the only way that people find peace. Whether you're you have a system of DID or you just are a I, I can't say normal person because I don't know what normal is a human a human yeah does that does that answer your question? Yes, yes a lot of a lot of cases of DID
2: Huh? Excuse me. I didn't hear what you said.
0: Oh, does that no, answer I said, your yes, question that, Richard? That does answer, that, that that does answer so that God plays a role in the healing process.
3: Well, for me it did a lot because for the longest time I lost faith because you know what did I do to deserve this what did I do to make people want to hurt me what did I do wrong you know and I had to accept that he did help me I just didn't know it he gave me a special brain a special ability exactly and I just I you know, you grow so used to it, you don't realize it's special. Mm-hmm. You don't realize that it is. And I had to forgive him for my sins. You know, I had to forgive him for not being there with me. He was, but I didn't know it. Right. I couldn't feel him. Right. You yeah. had to accept God. Back I had into to accept. Your yes, and I had I had to forgive him, I had, and I had to learn to trust him again. Exactly. Like, that he isn't gonna hurt me. He isn't not. He's not gonna condemn me. And it it's awesome because now I feel so much better. I feel so much lighter. I don't feel as dark or heavy. And it, it's nice. Amen and hallelujah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, amen. Well, so thank, thank you, Richard, you. for calling in. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so... You were talking about where you are at today. You're learning your system. You are,
3: um, what about hugs? They're not given freely. Okay. Like, I have to know you personally. Mm -hmm. It's a trust issue. It's a very big trust issue. Because a lot of times I wonder, what's the catch? What do you want from me? And I've learned with my mom and dad that's not the case. They had to, like, show me that you can actually get a hug just for a hug. Okay, so stop.
1: Wait a minute. How did you get out of it? How did you get out of the prostitution, the drug scene? How did you get away from your bio-breeder? Let's let people know that
3: Well real quickly. Three years ago, um, Kay, we shall call her the addict, mm-hmm. she had gotten in so deep, so bad, and we had some untrustworthy family members mm-hmm. around, and our... Dad would call us every like week weekend. We don't really recall it that much because it's, you know. This is your
1: biological father. Yes,
3: okay. my dad. Mm-hmm. And um, he decided to dig into our life, even though he was you know not there in the same town anymore. Mm-hmm. He had moved, but he still had some friends that you know knew people who knew people who knew people. So he dug in deep and got some information and he's like, alright, I'm going. And next thing you know, the brain's all whacked out, the system's all whacked out. Next thing you know, he's on the doorstep saying, hey, are you going to stay or are you going to go? And one of the alters is like, we're going. Now. So they saw it as a way out. They saw it as a way out and they took it. They didn't think or nothing, they just packed our stuff and we went, you know, not knowing back then that DID was the, uh, mm-hmm. was a thing. Right. We had no idea. So we thought we were going crazy through a recovery process mm-hmm. and everything. We just, or thought we were either already crazy mm-hmm. or our brain was fried. We messed up, you know, everything we thought. And that wasn't the case.
1: That's why we did the wrap cuz your brain wasn't fried.
3: Yes, and I had, <laughs> and I now have a clean liver. <laughs>
1: you, you know, you have a clean everything. A
3: clean everything. You know, and I have, I now have a clean system. Mm-hmm. Right. It's nice. And you know now I, I can enjoy a simple hug, but I can also say no and it means something. Yeah. You know, my body is now under my control. Right. It
2: used to be so hard to say no. It was very it hard to say no. It feels good to have control.
3: It does. It's, it's the one thing I never had. Right. You know, within that whole chaotic ex-life. The thing about
2: people that's been abused like we are, like we've been, mm-hmm. and, the, and having alters and stuff, there's this chaos. It's no control in it. Mm-hmm. No, it's all out there. And people yes. can control us. And then when you get healing like we've get gotten mm-hmm. and you get control of yourself, it feels good because you can walk out in the world with your head held up.
3: Oh, right? yeah. You no longer feel ashamed of yourself. You right. no longer have to be scared of being put down or being degraded. Right. You don't have to worry about that anymore because you can say no. Hey, <laughs> I understand where you're coming from, but I don't have to take this. I don't have to accept that derogatory message you're trying to send me.
1: Okay. No. Well, we just want to thank you for coming today and being open with everybody. And that took courage, um, but she was really wanting to, to come and tell her story and tell people you need to get help. There's help out there. And the contact numbers for us, well, it's facebook.com excuse me forward slash Godsgirl seven twitter.com, forward slash godsgirl seven abadaddyhouse house seven at gmail.com, and our website is at abadaddyhouse dot org. You can call us after the show at one two zero eight nine six two seven three eight four. That's one two zero eight nine six two seven three eight four. And it has been a pleasure, Nikhil, for for to have you today and we appreciate it. Annette, any closing words?
3: Mikhail? Yeah, thank you guys for listening. You're it welcome. was not easy but it's needed because it there's is. so many people out there that are in that same position and they don't know that, you know, if you get help it's gonna be better. It may not seem like it at first. You know going the easy route isn't always the best way. That's right. <laughs>
0: Thank you for being here this week. Be sure to join hosts Annette Smith and Myrna Thatcher for another edition of Ava Girls Speak Out next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy the upcoming weekend.